Hi, everyone. It's Sean from Between Two Ravens, a Norse mythology podcast with Sean and David. Um, so this week, I'm going to be doing a short episode on Penda, the last pagan king of Mercia. So a few weeks back, I published an episode on Cherdic, the first king of Wessex, who ruled from 519 CE to 534 CE. In that episode, I also discussed his supposed descendancy from Odin, also from Adam, from the Garden of Eden, but also how his line formed a United Kingdom of England 400 years later, a kingdom that exists uh, today with King Charles III. However, if we do get into semantics, he's technically the king of the United Kingdom, not England. Um, we also discussed a few bullet points detailing his life, as in Chertik's life, from the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle. So one thing I did not mention in that episode, when I detailed the line of kings of Wessex, was that another man at one point could have been considered effectively a king of Wessex at one point, a man who briefly took the kingdom by conquest in the year 645 from King Kenwal, or Chenwal. That man was King Penda of Mercia. So keep in mind, I did not mention Penda as one of the kings of Wessex, um, as he was not a part of Chertik's line. But I did want to make this episode on Penda, because as the last pagan king of Mercia, and based on his track record, someone worthy of Valhalla, his death solidified the continued Christianization of the country for a couple of hundred years up until the invasion of the Vikings. So to get started, I'm going to give a brief overview of England up until this point. Um, so one, we're going to discuss the withdrawal of the Roman legions. Pretty pretty straightforward. Rome controlled most of what is now known as England from the 1st century to the early 5th century. However, due to fractures across the western um, portion of the empire on mainland Europe, the legions withdrew, leaving the country pretty much undefended. So that's when the Anglo-Saxons come in. Um, and as we discussed on that episode with Cherdic, the first king of Kent, Hengist, um, along with his brother Horsa, were the two first invaders, according to the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle. They came to Britain at first by invitation by the king Vortigern, but then when they saw how the country at this point was easy pickings, they decided to invade it and make a kingdom for themselves. And then we saw this with the Angles, um, the Saxons as well. Hengist and Horsa were um, from the tribe of Jutes. The Angles, they took over the portion of England that we now looked at as Mercia, which is in the heartland of England, East Anglia on the eastern part of England, and Northumbria, which is in the northern part of England. And then the Saxons, um, they took land on the southern portion of the country. The West Saxons formed the Kingdom of Wessex, Essex for the East Saxons, Sussex for the South Saxons. So the Anglo-Saxons, who were pagans, the Anglo-Saxon paganism is not unlike Norse paganism, they, inv they invaded and created these kingdoms for themselves. However, within the next 100 to 200 years, the Anglo-Saxon kingdoms eventually started converting to Christianity. Um, so the first king who converted was King Athelbert of Kent, which was the, around the year 600. Athelbert married a woman named Bertha, who was a Merovingian or Frankish princess and a Christian. She was able to bring a bishop with her as she married to live with her husband, Athelbert. Though Athelbert initially stayed a pagan, he allowed missionaries into his kingdom and eventually converted himself. Although, quick note, when he did die, his son Eadbald was still a pagan. Um, this sort of started a chain reaction around the kingdoms of these kings converting to Christianity through baptism. So in 604, Sabert of Essex converted. 
around 604, also King Rayadwald of East Anglia converted. He is supposedly the king who wore the sudden who helmet. Um, if you saw a picture of it, you would you would definitely have recognized it. King Edwin of Northumbria converted in 627. He plays a part in this episode. King Kynegils of Wessex in 635, who I did mention on my episode on Chardic. However, King Penda of Mercia, who became king in 626, remained pagan until his death in the 650s. And he warred at different points with pretty much all of the now Christian neighboring kingdoms, including Wessex, Northumbria, and East Anglia. So for this episode, I am going to be using the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle and Bede's work, The Ecclesiastical History of the English People, as my sources here. Up until this point, um, you know, if you look at Anglo-Saxon England as starting somewhere in the early 500s, late 400s, up until the 600s, which is where we are now, you can tell that Northumbria was considered one of the major powers when you take into account all the kingdoms. And you can see this because there's three kings of Northumbria that are given that are posthumously given the titles of Bretwalda. So keep in mind, Bretwalda was a term um, which means wide ruler or most powerful ruler of England. It was a term probably invented well after the fact. And there seems to be an anti-Mercian sentiment as Penda, which we're going to be discussing in this episode, then King Offa in the late 700s were not named as a Bretwalda by the sources. However, in the 600s, you can see with the rulers of Northumbria, specifically Edwin, Oswald, and Oswiu, Northumbria held considerable, considerable power in early Anglo-Saxon England. And as you will see, Oswiu retains this made-up title until the year 670, well after Penda's death. However, this time period also serves as the beginning of what we now look at as the Mercian supremacy, where the kingdom of Mercia more so retained the most powerful kingdom in England until the late nine, or excuse me, until the late 790s, early 800s, primarily due to the death of King Offa of Mercia, the rise of Egbert of Wessex, who shows up on the show Vikings, and the arrival of the pesky pirates known as the Vikings. So the, the three kings of Northumbria, who I just mentioned as being Brett Waldos, all had run-ins with Penda, and two of them were actually killed by Penda. So we have King Edwin of Dera, Dera being one of the two um, portions of Northumbria, the other one being Bernicia, King Oswald of Northumbria, and then King Oswiu of Northumbria. However, you can see with Penda's campaigns into Northumbria, a once powerful kingdom could be looked at as on the decline, despite these three Bartwaldas. So let's go ahead and get started with the, the source material. We'll start with the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle in the year 626. This year, Penda began to reign. Penda was the son of Wibba, Wibba of Creota, Creota of Sinewald, Sinewald of Kneba, Kneba of Ichil, Ichil of Yomer, Yomer of Anglethu, Anglethu of Alpha, Alpha of Vermans, Vermans of Whitley, Whitley of Woden. So you'll see, as I mentioned in previous episodes, all the Anglo-Saxon kings trace their descendants to this figure of Woden, who is a humanized version of the Norse god Odin, or the Anglo-Saxon version of the Norse god Odin, just in a humanized sense, because the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle was written by Christians, and they wanted to humanize these gods as men and not deities. So in 628, 
This year, Kynegils and Quichelm fought with Penda at Sirencester and afterward entered in a treaty there. As mentioned, Kynegils was the king of Wessex, Quichelm was his son. And apparently this treaty may have granted some of the West Saxon land to Mercia. In 633, this year, King Edwin, um, previously mentioned from Northumbria, was slain by Cadwalla. Cadwalla was the king of Gwynedd in Northwest Wales and Penda. So these two were allied in this battle. On Hatfield Moor, on October 14th, he reigned 17 years. His son, Ostfried, was also slain with him. After this, Cadwalla and Penda went and ravaged all the land of the Northumbrians. So this Battle of Hatfield Moor is also known as the Battle of Hatfield Chase. And so let's go ahead and go to the ecclesiastical history of the English people, Bede's work. And Bede, again, is a Northumbrian monk who lived a few decades after King Penda. So King Penda and the damage that he did to Northumbria was probably still fresh on the Northumbrians' minds. According to Bede, Edwin had reigned most gloriously over the English and the British race for 17 years, six of which he was a Christian. Then Cadwalla, king of the Britons, um, more so the king of Gwynedd in northwest Wales, rebelled against him. He was supported by Penda. Edwin was killed at the Battle of Hatfield Chase in 633, as mentioned in the Chronicle. His son Osrith died there as well. Another son named Idrith surrendered to Penda. However, Penda eventually had him killed anyway. Cadwalla, though he was actually a Christian, commenced a slaughter on the churches and peoples of Northumbria. The head of King Edwin was brought to York and afterwards placed in the church of the apostle St. Peter. So you see this uh, this um, British or Welsh warlord Cadwallan allying with Penda, and they had some um, harsh inclinations toward the kingdom of Northumbria. Not 100% sure why. Maybe it has to do with the Christianization or just the overall power of Northumbria. So moving back to the Chronicle, in 642, this year Oswald, king of the Northumbrians, so the new king, was slain by Penda. Oswald was also mentioned as one of the Bratwaldas. He was slain by Penda at Murfield on August 5th, and his body was buried at Bardney. Oswio, his brother, succeeded to the government of the Northumbrians and reigned for 28 years. So you see here, if this happened in 642, um, and Oswio became king for 28 years, you already know that his reign is going to last from 642 to 670, and this is going to be well after Penda's death. Um, but just another note there, that's the second king, Oswald, is the second Northumbrian king that was killed by Penda in battle. Moving on to 645. This year, King Kenwal, or Chenwal of Wessex was driven from his dominion by King Penda. As I mentioned earlier, Penda was effectively the king of both Mercia and Wessex for a time. And I didn't go into his brief reign as the King of Wessex in my episode detailing, as I mentioned, the Kings of Wessex, since I only focused on the line of Chertic. And then you find out the next year in 646, King Chenwal was baptized. Bede makes note of this, and he says when King Kynegils of Wessex died, his son Chenwal became king, but refused to receive baptism. Chenwal was also set to marry Penda's sister. However, he married somebody else. He decided to not marry Penda's sister, and he married somebody else, so the kingdom was attacked by Penda. So he pissed, he slighted Penda's sister, um, which Penda, being a, pale, a pagan warlord, decided to take revenge on King Chenwal. 
Um, so after this, Chenwal was exiled to East Anglia and then decided to become a Christian, as the Chronicle says in 646. And he was able to return to the throne of Wessex after three years. And I know, I'm not sure where it's where this source comes from, but the theory is that the king of East Anglia helped Chenwal get his throne back. So moving on to the year 653, this year the Middle Angles, the Mercians, under Alderman Pieta, who is Penda's son, received the right belief. He became a Christian was baptized. I wanted to draw attention to this because Bede mentions that Penda did allow the Christian faith to be practiced in his kingdom, though he did hate the religion. Um, so you see the son of King Penda converting to Christianity. So Penda at, at one point knew that if Penda Pita was to become king, the kingdom would become Christian. Um, so moving on to the year 655, this year Penda was slain at Wingfield and 30 royal personages with him, some of who were kings. One of them was Ethelhir, brother of Anna, king of the East Angles, who I'm going to mention in a second. The Mercians after this became Christians from the beginning of the world had now elapsed 5,830 winters when Pieta, son of Penda, assumed the government of the Mercians. I find this uh, this interesting because throughout the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, the author consistently says how old the world is at that point. They're able to, in their words, chart the kingdoms of early Anglo-Saxon England and trace their lineages all, all the way back to Adam. And based on the Bible, some of, the, some of those characters were able to live up to a th- upwards of a thousand years. And if you are religious and you practice New Earth creationism, you kind of go against science and you just assume that the world, that the Bible is a textbook and the world is just over 6,000 years old, which at this point would be, you know, roughly 5,800 years. Um, So just something funny, I thought, from there. I wanted to make another note from Bede on King Oswiu of Northumbria. Oswiu was the brother of Oswald, the king of Northumbria that Penda had slain. Penda continued the raiding of Northumbria, and Oswiu attempted to pay him off to leave, which Penda declined. So Oswiu then prayed and made promises to the Lord for their victory, a victory in which God apparently granted as Oswiu and the Northumbrians defeated Penda's army, which was apparently 30 times as great. Um, one of the promises was that Oswiu made to God was that his one-year-old daughter would be given to the church and would forever be a virgin. Yay! Um, so you see here that um, extra notes, a religious tone on this battle where Penda was killed by King Oswiu's army. Um, moving on to the year after this in the Chronicle, this year Peta was slain, and Wolfhir, son of Penda, succeeded to the government of the Mercians. B does make note that King Oswiu of Northumbria was actually leading the Mercians for three years after K- King Penda was killed. However, he gave he eventually gave a large portion of Mercia to Penda's son Peta, who died so the Mercian throne then went to Penda's forgotten son, Wolfhir. And Wolfhir, as a Christian, led them into the early stages of the Mercian supremacy. A couple of other notes by Bede. There is a note about how Penda tried to set Bamberg, aka Bebenberg, Uhtred's home in the Last Kingdom series, on fire. But through prayer, this was apparently avoided and thought of as a miracle. Bede also mentions, and this is something that is not detailed in the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, but Bede also mentions that Penda at one point invaded East Anglia and killed two kings, Sigebert and Egdric. Anna, as I mentioned earlier, then became the king of East Anglia. However, it states that he was also eventually slain by Penda. So that is Penda, the last pagan king of Mercia. He dethrones Kynagils of Wessex. He killed two Northumbrian kings, and he also killed three kings of East Anglia. 
Anyway, that's Penda. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Um, if you have any thoughts or questions, again, feel free to reach out to David or myself on social media. Thanks, everyone.